Iowa everywhere. It's time for Miller and Williams on Iowa Everywhere. Presented by Prairie Meadows Racetrack and Casino. This is Iowa Everywhere. And hello, welcome to Miller and Williams here going early this week. will be a shorter episode, but we promise to, to bring it hard. Courtesy of our friends at Prairie Meadows Racetrack and Casino. You're going to go, uh, you're going to be at a... Top 15 battle of yeah. basketball game coming up on Saturday, man. Amazing yeah. offenses, amazing defenses. Uh, Allen Fieldhouse going to, you know, go down into the little dark nook and crannies where, uh, you know, where the proletariat doesn't get to go. So I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a great day. Yeah, I had never in my wildest dreams that I think Iowa State would be at 4-0 at this point. What, like the second season. or third time for a long time, something like that? Yeah, I don't. I don't know the specific. I knew that they hadn't started three and zero since that two thousand team that lost to yeah. Michigan State in the elite. Right, eight. and then there's another one that's like the only other time it's been like nineteen forty or nineteen fifty something. Really, so I it's, it's been it's been a little bit. Yeah, you know? yeah, impressive one. That's last pretty night. good. That's pretty good, and I'm really glad KU won last night. Um, yeah, because I wanted. You know, KU's got a fog gallon streak going. Probably they always seemingly have something like that, don't they? Yeah, I don't. I don't know. know. They, I don't know. They, they don't I'll, lose I'll, their, There's something I'll, about that place that is just a house of horrors for any opposing. Well, of course, it's team. it's beca- because it's pretty epic. It's mm-hmm. loud. It's it's it is a mecca of sports. When you go through every sport, if you're going to give me your top three destination stadiums or arenas. College basketball for me, Allen Fieldhouse is one, and there's no debating that. Um, probably Cam- again, catching a game at Cameron Indoor, even though I hate them, you know, would be yeah. another one. And then to me, the rest of it's up for a lot of debate. Rough, you know, maybe when they're good. Uh, Rough in Kansas or in Kentucky when they're good, maybe. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's got that's got a lot of history, but yeah, for me, it's just the history of it. Um, the Rock Chalk Jayhawk thing. There's tradition that Kansas has that's pretty cool. Yeah, All it's it's stuff. it's awesome. I mean, college football to me, number one's a Rose Bowl. <laughs> well, glad you got to go when it still. That's right. Me. That's right. That's right. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> I loved watching it rain, like literally rain during the Rose Bowl this year. Just. R- Washing what a douche! What a douchebag you are! That's horrible. You are literally cheering for other people's uh, misery just because you don't like some old guys in coats. No, and let me tell you, dude, you're si- you're si- well. The uni- tell that to the universe because you're sending out that stuff to the universe, friend. I would it, not tempt it, it. It's nothing personal about the guys in the Blazers. It's everything that the guys in the Blazers have done to hold everybody else back for decades. Ergo, everything, everything about it's personal. What are you talking about, <laughs> dummy? Have we ever heard stories of like, no, we can't do a playoff because the Sugar Bowl is holding everybody back? No, no, because the, the Sugar Bowls. I mean, we got to have the sunset in the mountains, right? Like we got to the San Gabriels. <laughs> Listen, nobody, nobody else. Everybody else cares about the sport. The Rose Bowl's like, well, we have to have our stupid parade, okay? Because like, nobody ever really much gave a shit about the Sugar Bowl other than the, the SEC and the and Notre Dame. The Rose Bowl is a national treasure, granddaddy of them all. 
I would argue that the Sugar Bowl, which hosts the SEC champion, would be that because that's the best conference in college football year in and year out. It that's is. Granddaddy it, it, of them all. It is the best conference in college football. And you know what? They're having a great. They're having a great minute here, Chris. I'm talking <laughs> about. I'm talking about the grand expanse of time. All right. Listen, yeah. there's always going to be a cute little new kid in class, right? And the SEC is that right now. Um, but l- let's let's go back to 100 years of history. No, it was a great win. Great win for the Big Ten's third-place team. Awesome. <laughs> well, I'm not going to debate you the current relevance of the Rose Bowl. I'm talking about historically. No, I, okay. And, and I should I should not debate that because historically it's a great game. But – my the the point stands like I've I've I mean I I grew up like the Orange Bowl was it right because that's where Nebraska and and like I I haven't heard anything about the Blazers at the Orange Bowl fighting an expanded playoff or anything like that to keep their pre- what, are you, what are you pretending you grew up an Iowa fan I know but in that side of the state Nebraska was constantly playing for national championships we were never Nebraska fans what, but year, what, what year were you born eighty four. Okay. So I grew up in the heart of Husker country during yeah. that time. Like that's all we got, dude. That's true. Only- 90, you were 10 years old in 94. All right. I was getting ready to. Toss yeah, it. We didn't get like the Des Moines register didn't even deliver in my hometown. The only paper you could get was the Omaha world Herald. All of our news. The only news that we could get was channel um, eight we got channel five, like when I was in high school, but like, mm-hmm. it, it, and this is pre-internet Yeah, follow Iowa and Iowa. You could, it could not follow Iowa state, Iowa. You at least had WHO, right. Where you could listen. Right. I mean, I listened to Zobble. That was how I, like, I, I remember a lot of Iowa games before ESPN two came around where you couldn't watch them. For sure. Um, you know, that's funny because I had a number of Iowa state fans through the years, like, come up to me and talk with me or email me or message me and say that the only reason that Iowa has a larger fan base than Iowa state is because of WHO. I don't know about only, but I think it's a big reason. Iowa's rate. Iowa's rate statewide radio network was legit. It was legit. And you know, there were so like, that's why there are so many legends uh, for, you know, Iowa fans, my age, like, you know, Jim Zobel, Ron Gonder, Frosty Mitchell, I mean, there's so many because each radio station had an opportunity to do a locally originated mm-hmm. broadcast. Gary Dolphin did local originated broadcast back during that era before he became ultimately the, uh, you know, the coalesced and consolidated voice of the Hawkeyes, you know, in the late 1990s. Uh, if you're interested in that, Doctorman did an awesome piece for The Athletic. Do you remember that? Like four or five years ago? Yeah, I, I know. Doctorman, Doctorman just won the state of Iowa Sports Writer of the Year. And um, very deservedly so incredibly deserved. And I said, I said this to him privately. I said it publicly. I don't think there's anybody that I've come across that does what he does better than he does. Scott Doctorman could have zero sources. I don't, I don't know Doctorman sources. I'm just saying he doesn't need sources. He can take material and data and so give on the record quotes. And it's a masterpiece. He is the best. I agree. Congratulations. I was, I was really happy to, to see him win that that was well deserved probably a long time coming he probably won that award 10 years ago no doubt um i do want to just hit a couple of college football topics here with you because of course we just saw the worst blowout in the history of i i didn't know this i heard this on the way in it was the biggest blowout in the history of fbs bowl games no that's what i heard on a podcast coming in 
was the national championship game. That is incredible. Isn't that mind-blowing? Yeah, I was wondering. I, I thought you were going to say it's the biggest blowout in the history of, you know, major championships. Um, no, I, it was the... Um, which it may be, by the way. It was the sports media podcast that John Orland and uh, Andrew uh, from the Washington Post do. Okay. And cause they were, they, they go at things from a media standpoint and they were talking about how the, they were talking about the ratings yeah. and why the ratings cratered in the national championship game. And that, that, I'm, I'm citing them. So I, I, yeah, the debate now comes and this we're, you know, we're kind of halfway joking about the expanded playoff and all that, but now you have the obvious talking points, John, of the, uh, you know, letting a, a underdog uh, like TCU get into the into that spot. And I, I just think it's a really interesting conversation here because they did beat Michigan, right? So, like, the other option, like, they, they mm-hmm. beat the other team that could have gotten For sure. It. They deserve to be there. They, they, they earned their way into it. Um, I, I want to take it this way with you because we're hearing about Jim Harbaugh in these NFL jobs. And he's reportedly speaking with the Broncos now after he put out that press release last week. Mega douche. Yeah. Here's my question to you is Brian Kelly going from Notre Dame to LSU, right? Harbaugh has been in the playoffs two years in a row. He's beaten Ohio state two years in a row and he's still sniffing around the NFL. Are these guys telling us something as far as these other schools ability to actually compete with these SEC powers. Okay. That, that, I mean, I think that that's a fair angle to look at. The first thing that came to my head was I was going to say, yes, I do think they're telling you something. And I think that what they're telling you is being an NFL head coach gives you much more and better quality of life than being a college head coach. Um, the, the, the new asp- recruiting was already something that a lot of coaches wanted no part of. And that's why they went to the NFL. And that's why the NFL is for them because just the, the, the tiring aspect and the relentlessly tiring aspect of recruiting you it's add whoever going to the bulls app. Uh, don't blame him. That time. Then, then, then you add, cause he has, his family was also younger too. Then, mm-hmm. then you add in NIL and for college football and basketball free agency, it makes it worse and it makes the NFL just that much more attractive. And, and maybe there is something to do with what you're talking about. Um, you know, the, these guys are some of the most insane competitors you've ever known. So they're probably not going to run away from a fight, but I, I think it probably has just as much to do with quality of life as anything else. I, I would want no part of being a college coach. If I was in the coach, co- I would want to, I would prefer to be in the NFL um, and that, you know, there's a trade-off, uh, in, in some ways, maybe there's less security. I don't know. I could be wrong about that. Um, but yeah, that, that would be my thinking about it. But you know, Harbaugh's Harbaugh is so mercurial. I don't know that you could possibly pin down what his motivations are for his machinations. He's yeah. He's more difficult. I look at, that's why I brought Kelly because yeah, Harbaugh is an enigma, right? Like he, you just never. Well, yeah. Ke- Kelly, Kelly had so many I mean, recruiting restrictions in his yeah. way at Notre Dame that he knew he could never get the talent there likely to compete with, you know, 
Alabama and Georgia's on an annual basis or Ohio State. Ohio State's the one team from the Big Ten. I mean, clearly Ohio State was the second best team in the country. No doubt. And, and um, so I, I really think for Kelly, it's like, you know what? I got to fight all this and I've got to fight the admissions requirements for my school. I'm not doing that. So he went to a place where, let's just say, it's a little less stringent. I Because I, I truly believe that if Michigan had beaten TCU, which they were very close to doing, mm-hmm. they would have gotten killed too. I don't think I it would have been 65 to it, 7. It, but... wouldn't, it wouldn't have been that bad. You know, it's, it's like the other night. I was watching Iowa Rutgers on Sunday. What a great mm-hmm. win for Iowa. Huge. Um, unexpected. And then you remember that last week Rutgers beat Purdue. Okay. But as I'm watching Iowa and Rutgers, I have not one ounce more uh, hope that Iowa is going to beat Purdue. Okay. Transitive property is stupid. It's matchups. Rutgers has two giant bodies that can go in and bang and hang with Edie. Now, Edie still got his in that game, but it wasn't easy. And so it's just horses for courses. Okay, so I think that Michigan would have been much closer. It would have been a much more competitive game than uh, what we saw from TCU. I'm, you, you talk. I'm going to pull up the the uh, hypothetical bracket for this year. Okay, let's do it. I want to read a comment from one of our viewers. Uh, we don't do this show um, really for the live audience, but we do do it live on YouTube when we record. John and I schedules are just crazy, so we go at different times every week, but. <laughs> Phil Parker's paw on YouTube says, is it just me or those fairway handballs? Absolutely delicious. You're damn right. They are Phil Parker's paw. And then he also says college coaching is going to be just like NFL coaching. Now when dealing with highly paid athletes and big personalities, just my opinion, I would actually reject that. I think that that might be the case in a couple of places, but I actually think that the um, NIL landscape is, I think there's self-correcting that's already going on. I think it's going to continue to go on. I've heard uh, many stories, John, this offseason of, you know, these free agents basically being brought in uh, and you're giving them six-figure salaries or whatever you want to call them Mm -hmm. and uh, really creating problems with, like, the best players on the team that are still there. Well, wait a minute. Right. That guy's getting 150 k. I didn't get paid at all last year. Right. No, it, it, that's, that stuff's going to happen. It's, happening. It's, just, it's Yeah, it's human nature. It will absolutely happen. It already is happening. There's not even – I've heard people, oh, that's not going to be a problem. We've got a lot – we've got great chemistry, and we, you know, we have no. this, this great culture. <laughs> Wrong. It's money. <laughs> Two things that are always going to cause problems in locker rooms, money and females. It's and, and that's not the female's fault. It's the man's fault. Okay. Yeah. Those yeah. are the two things that will always cause problems. Do you write these things down? You need to have a book, right a, a book, a book of logic. Okay. The John Tifications. Um, here's what the expanded playoff would have looked like this year. <laughs> I, I'm laughing at myself there. Um, round one um, Kansas State at Tennessee. I, great, fun game. game. Yeah, I think it'd be a great game. It'd be a, it'd be a super fun game. Yeah. Um, Tulane at TCU. I know you're a big oh Tulane guy. God. That would have been a pretty good game, right? I'm not convinced Tulane couldn't beat them. Uh, not, I mean, Tulane looked that, really they, good against them. had a point spread, TCU would be less than a touchdown favorite. Right. USC at Alabama. That might have got a little dicey. Yeah, because USC's uh, defense is so bad. 
Yeah, and you're at Alabama. But it's still the Heisman Trophy winner at Nick Saban's house. It is. Intriguing. It's just, I, I love the on-campus aspects of this. Game you got to have the on-campus yeah. for the first round. Penn State at Ohio State. Saw that game before Ohio State no, wins that. Yeah. Um, then, you know, so then the next round, you have Georgia facing the winner of Kansas State, Tennessee. Uh, Utah uh, facing the um, winner of uh, Tulane, TCU. It's a blast. Yeah. Uh, Michigan facing the winner of USC Alabama, so Michigan Alabama would have been fun. Yeah, and Bama has to go to Ann Arbor, or are we yeah. in the Bulls at that? Well, point? this is the quarterfinals. I think we're in the Bulls okay. at that point. First, the first round is on. Which campus. is stupid. Why do the bowl games have to be a part of this? That's so dumb. It, it, it really sucks. Sport hostage for fifty years and sucked away three fourths of your revenue. Don't let them in the business. It really sucks because seeds five through twelve. Are the ones that get the the on campus aspects? Yeah, the top George four. Is never going to get to host a game. George, yeah, George is right, but George is also probably not going to have to ever go up to you know Columbus. That's, That's the part that pisses me off. Um, and then Clemson takes on Penn State, Ohio State winner. So, um, yeah, I you know have, have they so the the buys the buys are awarded to the four highest ranked conference champions, which I also think that's stupid. I do too. Yeah, I, I can play like, you Utah. Clemson and Clemson and, Clemson and Utah get a buy in this. Yeah, like that's that's really dumb. Those yeah. are not yeah, that's really, 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 really dumb. I I hate that aspect of the it. The four highest rank did, did T, TC what was TCU? Can we forget about conference champions for a minute? Like I understand, like, and you need to reward them and you put them in the playoff. But shouldn't like the conference champions in college basketball don't mean anything when it comes to seeding. In the no, playoffs, no, because right? they've got the little tournament. So, and we're talking about a tournament here, right? Yeah. Regardless, the one thing I hate about sports fans is also the other thing that I love about sports fans is just the amount of overreaction you get, especially to that game the other night. And it was a bloodbath. Like, i not defending anything about it for the Big 12 or TCU. Right. But my point is, like, I, I saw this stuff on Twitter. And it's people are like, well, why, just wait. You're going to get all sorts of this when you when you expand the playoff and you let these other teams in. No, because a week ago on New Year's Eve, y'all were talking about how great this is and how, oh, my God, we're going to get six of these in one weekend, right? Um, quit overreacting. It was one game. Georgia, in my opinion, uh, I, I think you said it best, Ohio State's the second best team in the country. I think Georgia beats Michigan by four touchdowns the other night. Ohio State woke them up. They're that much better than everybody else when they're focused and ready to go. Just my thoughts. Well, you know, you're right. And and there's – I don't know that we can do this because obviously the focus that you're going to have in a playoff game is probably going to be a little bit different than the focus you might have in the third Saturday of October, you know, when you know you're better than everyone. So here, here's George's schedule um, this year. They beat Oregon 49-3 to start things out. Uh, Samford, okay, South Carolina smoked them 48-7. They beat Missouri 26-22, to okay? So that was a close game. Um, they beat Tennessee 27-13. They beat Kentucky 16-6, to and that game was the second to the last game of the year. So I, I'm not going to just sit here and say that, you know, 
Georgia beats Michigan by four touchdowns or this, that, and the other, because, you know, you don't always bring your game. And the more games that you have to play in succession against high-quality caliber opponents like this, even though Georgia would have a bye. Um, now, Georgia but, benefited from the Ohio State game, they, that tune-up game. Like that oh, yeah. They them. needed to have their total focus. And I'm surprised they were as crisp and, and on point as they were against TCU. And, yeah, that was a, that was a massacre. I loved the All-22 cam that I was oh, watching oh. on the ESPN oh. Plus app. Yeah. Um, that is how I would watch each and every football game, and I don't even need replays. I could replay it myself on the app. Um, it was phenomenal. Absolutely loved it. I don't. I, I watched a little bit of that sky cam, kind of the the Madden. I watched football, some of that. That was awesome. The Madden, the Madden football reverse angle. You know, it's good. It's good. It's very um, different. Yeah, it's different. I just give me the all twenty-two. Get rid of that damn thing on the bottom. You know, eighth of the screen that ESPN was covering up. Like I couldn't see the bottom guy because I'm sitting there like a weirdo, and I'm like, you know, all right, I can see it all. I'm, I'm, all I'm watching is the backfield, the defensive backfield. I wanted to see the routes. I yeah. wanted to see the route set up. I'm like, oh, that's the open guy. And whenever Georgia was gone, that's the guy they went to. I mean, it's just like it's so fun to watch that. All right, real quick before we go, again, short podcast today. Thanks to our friends at Prairie Meadows for sponsoring. The uh, what about what a recovery from Iowa basketball since we last talked? Holy mackerel! I mean, yeah. we, we had the Indiana game the other day, but I mean, to think that last week going into that week. You you you're on this losing streak. We get the Patrick McCaffrey news. Boom! You go two and zero against Indiana and at Rutgers. What a what a recovery! I, I will say that uh, Philip Rebracha Rebracha. Sorry, I still don't know if I'm right on that. Rebracha Rebracha. Uh, wow. I mean, he's been really good all year long, but he's just taken his game to another level. He's this you know he's the guy in the alley that you need on your team, and he is that for Iowa. Um, I think that Chris Murray made a lot of money uh, on Sunday against Rutgers. Some of the things that he did against uh, what was considered one of the three best defensive teams in, in college basketball. But Connor McCaffrey, I need to give Connor his full due. Um, those of you that have been listening to and or reading me for Connor's time at Iowa, I just you know felt like, eh, you know, you know he's a great post passer when you got Luca Garza, but when you don't have the best offensive center in the history of the Big Ten Conference to feed it to, what are you bringing? Are you more of a liability because offensively? Well, his three point shot has been going down this season uh, at a higher rate than ever before. It's still not a good looking shot, but it's going in, so I don't care. But you know, the, I I really mean this. The things that he does that don't show up in the stat sheet, the how he defends much taller and bigger defenders than him and he holds his ground he is a tough you know what i said that rebrach is who you want in an alley i might take Connor mccaffrey that kid is just me he's he's he, he is he's mean in a good way he is tough he is so smart the thing you know when he was backing down players into the post like the old man at the y that he is mm-hmm. man he is scanning the whole court it's like he's back in – that's his version of being in the pocket with the best offensive line in the country and having seven seconds to look where you're going to throw it. He scans it. The little things that he does, I he he is he's the glue to this team. You know what it is, too, and we're watching it at Iowa State as well. It's these fifth- and sixth-year guys, man, that there's real value and experience in college basketball. Oh, yeah. It For may sure. be in more than any other sport. Look at Kentucky. They suck. You those coaches can't. I mean, I, like 
I think you got a couple things going on here, John. One, yeah, like if you, you can't do the all lottery pick thing anymore, it doesn't work. Right. Because everybody else is wised up and they're look at like look how Scott Drew's built his teams over the years compared to back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, two, I also think I think Bob Huggins is done. I think coaches like that, like the the old school, really hard to play for, um, brutal systems where you got seven guys, eight guys transferring out every year now where you can't build that up over time and and make those guys these tough, rugged competitors and mold them into the type that you are. Right. I think we're seeing a transformation here where Calipari, the only way he's going to revive his career, maybe it's at Texas, that's what we're starting to hear, is he's got to start to do, okay, I'm taking three transfers. Uh, I got this grad transfer okay, I'm going to take my two or three stud freshmen and I'm going to have five guys coming back. Like that's how you win in college basketball now is to get older. I don't think that he, I don't, how are you going to tell somebody who can pretty much six times out of 10 get any player they want to not go and, and sit at those camps and watch these kids and say, oh my gosh, I want me one of those. I don't care. There's no way. There's no chance any coach that can do that will do that. We are fans of teams that don't have that luxury. And therefore, we see the value that is real and probably measurable, the value of continuity, roster continuity, the fourth and fifth year players. That said, are those rosters the rosters that are making it to the final four? I don't know. We should go back and look at that. All I know is self's changing what he's doing. You look at the last two national championships, they were old teams. You look at the entire Big 12, which by any metric is the best conference in college basketball. It's the oldest conference in college basketball. So here's here's where we may have an agreement and meet in the middle. Okay. Is the NIL era. Obviously, lottery pick level players, they're gone. All yes. right. But there's only so many lottery picks. Yes, And those players that were borderline first round, second round grade, which as we know in the NBA, that's the difference for everything. First round contracts are guaranteed. If you get drafted in the second round, dude, you may get a few thousand bucks for camp, but if you get cut, you're done. Mm -hmm. The NIL aspect is what I think could make some, I I think it could level the playing field a little bit. I I think North Carolina, all those those guys who came back normally would have been gone or playing in Europe. They're making more money in Chapel Hill than they would be in the G League. Right. There's some guys that like may might be a second round NBA pick or over in Europe. And you're right. They can make more money staying on campus and then transition into a nice career selling insurance and make a ton of money forever because everybody won't, you know, that's that's it. There's there's a business aspect for you. Find what everybody needs either wants and buys or must have from a legal perspective, like insurance, things like that. And then that's what you go to sell. And what's your angle? Well, if you're a former athlete, people have to buy it. Why aren't you going to buy it from him or her? Mm -hmm. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? It's just like Mm -hmm. Caitlin Clark could probably, you know, start her own insurance brokerage in four or five years and make a ton of money. Start it right now. Caitlin Clark's going to make a ton of money on the basketball court, but when she's done, I mean, she could, she could probably clear 200 to $400,000 a year, becoming a very successful, you know, insurance broker. Thank you, John. Go sell propane. We appreciate your time. That's to do it.
We'll see. All right. He's John Miller. My name is Chris Williams. Thanks to Prairie Meadows for sponsoring the podcast. And uh, I did find out Jordan and uh, J-Bo are recording today at noon. So you'll have a fresh Jordan and J-Bo podcast on college basketball coming up later today here on Iowa Everywhere. Iowa everywhere.